This week's podcast brought to you by Whistle Issues. You were working last night. I was driving the kids home from an open gym, and I was listening to the Beatles channel at the insistence of our 13-year-old. But uh, sometimes they play bands that influence the Beatles. And so Elvis was playing, and there was a photograph of Elvis on the car screen. And our nine-year-old, who even our nine-year-old recognizes Elvis's place in the firmament, said, What if you had someone famous in your family? We're driving through the dark. And the kids contemplated that for a while. And then from the back seat, our 11-year-old son sighed heavily and said, You do! That was sweet. I, I was flattered. I bet you are. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. This is an episode of Ball and Chain, not an episode of MASH, but if you hear. A helicopter outside. We don't know what they're doing. Certainly not spraying for mosquitoes. It's 12 no, degrees. I don't know what that is. You should tell the story about the time when I was playing for the Houston Comets. But uh, I think we were we on the road, maybe? You I were on the road. There. I was in Houston. Staying, they put us up in apartments. And I was woken up about 4 o'clock in the morning by the police helicopter shining its spotlight through the bedroom window. And I just assumed that some escaped serial killer was climbing the trellis outside the apartment building and was about to take me hostage on presumably on live local news <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't i remember i i was somewhere and you called me and you're like this is unbelievable there are lights um shining in there's a helicopter it was hovering right like just outside the apartments yeah but i don't think i would have called you at that ungodly hour. Maybe you texted me or something. I just I did know. the Scooby-Doo and, and clung to the curtains. Right. Shaking. <laughs> did you ever ride in a helicopter? Yeah. I've ridden in a helicopter, I think just once. It was um, the time I went to uh, the Native American Reservation in New Mexico to uh, to do a press event um, when President Clinton was president. And we flew from Palo Alto um, to... On Air Force One. On Air Force One. Flew, and um, after we landed, we had to get on helicopters. Was that Marine was, One? No. He was on Marine One. We were just on different military. You were on Marine Mar- Five? They were military helicopters. You were on so Marine they, Five listening to Maroon yeah. Five. <laughs> and they gave us, like, these earplugs to put in, and you sat, like, sideways against the side of the plane, cause it, or uh, the, the helicopter, because it was a military military helicopter. Like, there was... was an, there were no comforts. There was just like a bench to sit on, and um, and it was super loud, uh, but obviously a really cool experience. That's you, the, I think that's the one time I've been on a helicopter. I flew on helicopters around Greenland. You fl- to get to Greenland, you fly to Copenhagen, and then you fly back from Copenhagen, halfway back across the ocean to this airstrip. Then you get on two Vietnam-era Sikorsky helicopters that instilled more anxiety than confidence, I must say, when I was getting on them. But and this was, let's point out, 
not the Vietnam era. So this, this was, was like not during the Vietnam era. Like Thirty nor, years, twenty years after the nor Vietnam was era. it. Nor was it um, in the um, in the service of of um, war. It was to cover ice golf in Greenland, an utterly trivial pursuit uh, that had you questioning your own sense when you were on a thirty-five-year-old helicopter in the middle of Greenland. And when you were questioning your own sense, where did you come up with any answers? Well, uh, the photographer I was with, my friend Simon and I, both agreed that should some tragedy befall the helicopter, um, there would be a small, black-bordered, one-paragraph news item in that week's Sports Illustrated about the demise of two staffers. And then um, the eight pages that we were going to fill would be filled by something else. So it was a sobering realization of the utter futility of of human existence. As um as a writer, who if you were in the great beyond, whether it was from a helicopter accident or something else, who is the one person that you would be like, "Oh no, if we got them to write your obituary." Oh, well, I don't know, but the <laughs> uh, the um there was a writer for the Des Moines Register who last week or the week before passed away and he had written his own obituary and it's fantastic. We could find that and maybe post it on the Ball and Chain uh, Twitter handle Twitter. at it, Ball and Chain yeah. Pod. And, and and then I saw a bunch of writers responding like, "This is a great idea. I should do this myself." So uh, the self mythologizing that must go on with people writing their own obituaries. But this guy's was fantastic. Um, I think uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's, that's, and you can update it. How like. You know, um, famous people have their obituary written even before yeah. they've died, and then it's updated. But not how, usually how by frequently? themselves. No, not by themselves. But how frequently is it updated? Every... Well, I, I update mine on the hour. Well, just in, if <laughs> I just if saying, I feel the sniffles, be, I, should, I I update mine. I think that's a good idea because you write differently than any other human on the planet, and uh, and an obituary is still an important and, thing. And it would so. be nice if if when I passed away, they'd say he writes like no other human being under the planet as well. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I think you should do that. Well, I, I uh, that's not happening. Okay. Well, um, I was just going to say what you don't hear, the helicopter seems to have gone away. And before we turned on the recorder, I turned off the space heater. Right. And I can't think of the word space heater. I can't hear the word space heater without thinking of the word space eater, right. which I believe was your role. Uh, in professional basketball. No, we've <laughs> talked about this before. <laughs> I was not a space eater. Know, space yeah. eaters are are bigger than me. Yes. They're broader than me. But what have we talked about this before? We've once before talked. We've, we've brought talked up the about, term. Were space you a space eater? eater? Well, space eater, space eater. It's so. It's so. Uh, whoever is described as a space eater, it is so unbelievably dehumanizing that this guy, <laughs> this guy's a real space eater. <laughs> It should only he's, be he's he's large enough, or she is large enough that they take up space. <laughs> it should only be used in the context of professional sports, where that well, of course. that body of yours is helping you earn money. It shouldn't be used to describe somebody in college. It shouldn't be used even to describe the person sitting next to you on a plane, because the but, whole the whole eating part of it too just adds right. a little and, bit and, of insult and, to injury. And, and, not and, only not only can't they stop eating, they're eating space right now. But because this person has has matriculated at a major university, he or she should be dehumanized in that way and be called a, a space eater. No, I'm just saying if they're earning money by playing sports professionally, usually it's because of your build and your physique, and so that has helped them 
get to the point where they're earning money for their body, and you can then, I think, call them a space eater. I think it's no less uh, no less dehumanizing to be described as, as I'm sure you've been described and as I'm sure you have described others. I certainly have heard it on TV commentary. That player has has great length. Yes, that's that's a good thing to in basketball to have great length. Doesn't bring doesn't bring a tremendous skill, desire, uh, uh, no, a it's, mental game, but but great length. And and hopefully people understand that th- there's a d- difference between bringing length and being tall, because you know people often talk about wingspan. When you talk about somebody's length, it's usually their wingspan. And in basketball, if you have a long wingspan, it's a huge benefit. Um, even if you have a wingspan, which have many short... do, that are it's longer than your height. Because normally, for, for most people, their wingspan, if you measure it, is the exact same as your height. But there's some people who have, you know, are six, like Brianna Stewart is 6'4", but I think she has a, like a 7'1 wingspan. It's a huge advantage, especially for blocking shots and other things. So, no, I think that's that's it's a good thing if you say somebody is has length. Did you ever feel uh, just like a, a like a sack of meat as as a professional athlete, where you're either being, you know, worked on medically, or you're um, you know being shouted at as if you weren't there, you weren't uh, thinking, you didn't have a brain, you 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 no. weren't playing in a, an era like NFL today of fantasy sports, where right. oh she blew out her knee. Um, that just totally my screwed my fan- yeah. Right. Which, no. which did, you don't even think of the humanity of a person. No, but I have to say I find it interesting. You know, every spring or the winter slash spring when I'm preparing for the WNBA draft, because when you talk to WNBA coaches and GMs about prospects, first of all, it's all about you know they they find every single flaw that you go from appreciating a kid in college, and this is just the way WNBA. GMs and coaches think because they're trying to decide who they're going to take. But they, when I have a conversation with somebody, it's always about this player's flaws. Even when Brianna Stewart was coming out, it's these are her flaws, or, or you know these are the things that you worry about what she's going to do at the next level. And I do feel sometimes weird because it, these people are no longer people in that realm. They are completely seen as you know assets, products, assets. yeah exactly and 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 they're being looked at um in that way and uh and it's 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 interesting but at the same time i that's one time i feel kind of like icky about it really are we talking about this player in that way but can i go back to um the obituary thing sure Be- because this kind of ties in the other day i guess it was this weekend i was driving to um, you seem eager to read mine no i'm, I'm not i'm not I, I would like to know how you would how you would write it, what you think of yourself. Because well, cause we've already discussed what the first line of your eulogy would be, but that's different from your obituary. But this past weekend I was and, driving... And, and details of my funeral on a mini golf course. <laughs> right, true. This past weekend I was driving to bring our daughter to a, a travel basketball game about an hour away. And I was on a part of the highway that I'm not normally on. I was on um, 84 going westbound, I think somewhere like north of Waterbury. Anyway, I passed a giant billboard it was for colonial discount funerals and cremation services. And the picture on the billboard was like three guys, three pallbearer, pallbearers holding a casket. And uh, that's, that's part of the discount. You get discount, three pallbearers. Three, it's very topsy-turvy. That's how you save money. It's, yes, for those who, who liked to uh, bob up and down in the ocean, you're going to do that as they're walking you as you well. You don't need eight, but we can give you three. <laughs> anyway, discount funerals and cremation services. So... um. 
I, I just made me wonder, like, do people do the, how, how effective has their billboard been drumming up business for discount cremation services and funerals? What well, do you I think? think? People, uh, I mean, people, at that point, why pay full price? People love a bargain. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, uh, but please don't go BOGO when it's time for me to go-go. Well, if I'm BOGOing, that means I'm getting the half off for me. For me so well, That's true. Hopefully we don't. Hopefully our kids aren't in a position where it makes sense for them to buy one. Get but there really were three pallbearers on the billboard. I, in my brain, there were. Um, maybe there weren't. Before, but in before, my brain, before there they were. put that person three feet under. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Last week, we uh, when we finished the podcast, we mentioned that I was going to get my physical that day, and we were wondering if I was going to shrink again because in the previous year when I went to get my physical I shrank. Now that's a dehumanizing experience. Yes. Is it not when you go when you're when you're weighed like uh, like deli counter lunch meat? Yes. But but not facing we've talked about this they now right. when they weigh you it's facing the other way. So anyway I stood on, I stood on the scale, not facing it because that's what they told me to do. And when they took my height, imagine this, I grew. So I'm back to my normal my normal height. So how about that? But I will say this. Because last year, I think they measured me at six two and a half or something you're, like you're that. You're being measured again by a, a, a nurse who's five one. Yes, true. But I'm back to a little over six three, and you know, my entire playing career, I was six four, and I've always said I'm six four. But now I'm wondering, was that because did they measure me in my stocking feet, or did they measure me in my basketball sneakers? Because now I'm wondering, maybe I'm this whole time I thought I was a legit six four. I'm actually a legit six three. And I was just always, um, they'd always taken my height when and I was your wearing my shoes. Feet. And my stocking feet. Are stocking feet, were you wearing socks or were you barefoot? Barefoot is barefoot. barefoot stocking feet is in is, socks. Is in socks or, or stockings. I, w- I was not in stockings. I was in socks. When well, I'm, I I'm glad you brought up stocking feet, which is a great word. And I don't think it's been used yet on this podcast um, because you brought up, you used another word, another compound word this past week that I find ridiculous, and I should probably look up the dictionary definition of it before I bring it up, but but let's live on the edge. There was forecast was for snow, and you said you were going to run to the grocery. Oh, and right. I said, why? What can you possibly get at the grocery that we need during uh, six inches of snow? You know, it's not like we're going to be buried in here for the next month. And what is it that you're going to get at the grocery that, that you think we're going to need today? And you said, you replied- The whole reason I said this was because it was absurd. I don't yes. think it was- the it reason was. you said that. I think it was a sincere answer. You said, and I quote, foodstuffs. <laughs> Not even food stuff, but food stuffs. First of all. How great is that answer? The, the <laughs> stuff itself is a plural, right? So can you have food stuffs with an know. S at the end? I don't know. But the whole reason, I wouldn't have said, if, if it wasn't, if there wasn't an impending snowstorm, and I just said I was going to the grocery, if you said why, I would have told you. But when there's an impending snowstorm, it just feels like you're going to get food stuff and, and or food stuff. I'm not. Even, I'm not looking this up. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to say it. What is the difference between food and food stuff? If I were on the twenty thousand dollar pyramid and somebody said, crumbs, I, "I'll tell you. I'll tell you crumbs, the difference." Mm-hmm. Wrappers, spills, calories. I would buzz it and say. Food stuff. I think of food stuff as stuff related to food. I what think, is the difference between food and food stuff? I think food stuff is all encompassing because food is like 
you know, things that you consume. But I wouldn't necessarily describe like, I wouldn't describe mayonnaise or ketchup or condiments or that kind of thing as a food, but I would think of it as a food stuff and, um, or spices or, or herbs and, and that kind of glorious stuff. I, um, I think that food, glorious stuff. I think that, that foodstuffs and foodstuffs, more importantly, encompasses all the things that you might be getting at the grocery store. Well, I couldn't resist, so I've looked up foodstuff, a substance suitable for consumption as food. In other words, food. Am I wrong? A substance suitable for consumption as food. But then what does the example say? It says, quote, the people depend on starch starch as a basic food stuff so so but you wouldn't c- consider starch necessarily a food so I, I i do think there's a difference but more well, importantly when when i'm when i'm telling you i'm going to the grocery store because there's an impending snowstorm it's so much better to say for food stuff for food stuffs for food stuffs and, yes. and you as you told me this you were in your stocking feet while contemplating food stuffs i think and, i was i was my, standing my, there six three in my right. stocking feet. And my question for you was, when you buy foodstuffs, will be will you be using another word that I don't know what it means and can't stand the sound of? Will it be will you be dispersing monies <laughs> when you buy foodstuffs? No, I won't be dispersing monies. I don't think. But, I, but you've I, been in I enough board meetings. Money. You've been in enough meetings where people talk about the monies that are available, haven't you? You've um, heard that. I've I've heard it. I don't know if I've heard it in any of my. Oh, I have. And I don't even. Meetings. I don't even have meetings. <laughs> well, let's let's step away from the food no, stuffs let's, let's, for a well, second. I want to. I want to. You want to, okay, to dive? You want to dive three feet into the no, food no, stuff? Yeah, I, I I just wanted to look up the definition of monies while you talk. Go ahead. Okay, I just want to rewind because after my physical last week, I left the doctor's office. By the time I sat down in the car to leave the doctor's office, to leave the parking lot, I already had a text message asking me for a review of my doctor appointment. I I had finished my doctor appointment three minutes prior. By the time I sat down in the car, I had a text message asking me to uh, review my appointment. There's nothing I like more than getting a dire uh, diagnosis from my my doctor and and on my way out of the office being told, uh, like us on Yelp. Right. Right. And remember, it's interesting because remember last year, the 2020 calendar wasn't open yet. So I wasn't able to make an appointment for a year out. Last year, they didn't ask me to review or I might have gone on there and given some sort of review about not being able to make an appointment. But um, anyway, just like every other survey I get asking for a review, I, I blew it off. Well, I was unaware of my existence, the existence of my online portal to my to my physician. Apparently, at some point, in the doctor's office, I set up where I can do everything by by. Uh, you can ask questions. Portal, you can yeah. find out all your information. I was yeah. unaware until I got a notification uh, uh, through my email that says, "Check the physician portal. You have a new message." And I thought, "Oh, maybe they know something about my health that I don't." So I went on, and the message was, "We we are unable to access our portal. So any business you want to conducted with the doctor." You just call our office, which is what I've always done in the past anyway. Right. So it doesn't work. Well, I think it was just probably that day it was getting some updates. No, Who knows? it said until further notice they wouldn't oh, use it. But you I do want to say that this. further notice yet. Monies, M-O-N-I-E-S. Yes. Plural form of money. 
as used in financial contexts. Now, isn't money the plural form of money? Just well, what's the stuff? singular is form the f- of money? Money. <laughs> money. I don't know. If I, you were to say we were going to disperse money on this project, do you think that would refer to a single coin or a single? No, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't either. Well, but I'll, it, it, I'll, and it's not nearly as much fun as foodstuffs and stocking feet. Maybe and you monies? just maybe you just use the word monies if there's an impending snowstorm. <laughs> Yesterday, on Martin Luther King Day, we the kids were home from school, so at one point in the afternoon we went out and um, our oldest daughter needed a new pair of jeans. We were at Old Navy because they have longer length jeans, and so she was trying- uh, our, our daughter has tremendous length. <laughs> she, has, she has tremendous length. And uh, so she's in the dressing room, and our younger daughter was also with me, and I was waiting, sitting on a bench outside the dressing room. And next to my bench, there was another bench. And there was a guy, I would say, in his maybe his 50s with a like a big beard. Um, he kind of had like a Harley Davidson riding vibe to him. So anyway, we're sitting there. And, and our, our daughter was done showing me the stuff she tried on. So I said, all right, you know, she went back in to change. And I said, you know, I'm going to just browse around the store or whatever. And the guy said to me, he said, uh, is this the only dressing room like is there a separate men's dressing room and I said no I said there's just one dressing room for men and women he said he said my wife is in there and I'm waiting for her he said and I don't I don't want you to feel like I'm some sort of a creeper I don't want you to right now have like this vibe about you like what's that guy doing he said I just don't know where else to be and he was super self-conscious about it and I just started laughing and I said no you're totally fine I said there's no antenna went up on me like what's wrong with this guy and he said and he was just he was super self-conscious about it he's like okay good because I'm just sitting here thinking that you know what are people thinking with their daughters or their kids as I'm sitting here <laughs> anyway I was just laughing as I walked away because the self-awareness he had as he's the poor guy waiting for his wife to come out of the dressing room. But instead, you know, we've got teenage girls and we had our nine-year-old daughter in that area and he was just super self-conscious about well, it. And uh, I appreciated that he that he was self-aware enough to say something to me like, do I appear as a creepy person here? Cause <laughs> that, that guy didn't happen to be me, did it? Because no. <laughs> I, was, I was at the same shopping complex as you. And before... You went into Old Navy. I went with our two old, older daughters to look for jeans at another store. Yeah. And that store, do I have this correct? Was that store American Eagle? Yes, it was. You have that correct. Well, I only thought that that was a commuter airline. Am I wrong? A regional jet? <laughs> no, it is It is also a regional I, jet. I thought yes. they were going to fly me from Indianapolis to Topeka. <laughs> but we were actually there to, to try to see if they were jeans that fit these uh, kids of tremendous length. And I felt the same vibe. I was the only male in the place. And there was no place to stand other than in racks of, like, teenage girls' clothing. Right. And so I, I removed myself as far as I could from the whole scene while they looked for, for jeans. And I noticed for people like, I presume for people like me, they had a single metal folding chair set up. Maybe somebody else set it up there uh, in a little shaft of sunlight in the front window. So I went and sat there. And I realized that while I was sitting there that their window display were a couple of mannequins in in ripped jeans and a bald guy in a puffy coat sitting on a folding chair. <laughs> and that perhaps I wasn't the best advertisement for American Eagle uh, 
jeans and and commercial air uh, outfitters. That totally makes me think, and I know I say this a lot on the podcast, that makes me think, but have I ever told the story about when our our son went into the baby gap into the window. We went to the gap way. in front of the baby gap. Yeah. Um, I was in. I was with all of our children. I don't remember where you were, but this I was. It was just an, I was there. But then you left. You yeah, weren't there I went for to, this. I went to like Johnny Rockets or something. No, but. no. You actually left to drive to Boston or something. We were there okay. all together, and then you had to leave. And oh, so right. I was I with. I had to go to Fenway. And our youngest was in a stroller, and our son was like three years old, and. I'm I'm navigating Baby Gap and there's or Gap Kids or whatever and it's there's a ton of people in it and at one point I look and our son is in the window display and he's three years old and he's in the window display and I'm a very narrow space between like the like the mannequin in the window right and so I'm trying to get him out and at the same time that I'm trying to get him out of the window display display of course I I've got this stroller that our youngest is in. And then if he was three, then the next oldest was five. And so either the five or the seven-year-old was wanted to show me something that was on a hanger. But when, when they were trying to show it to me, as I'm in the window display, they somehow crossed the threshold of the door, which made the alarm go off because this item of clothing had the tag on it. And it was just unbelievable. Me at 6'4", depending on the shoes, 6'3". Good. <laughs> And recognizable in the state of Connecticut, grabbing one child out of the away from the mannequins in the window display as people are walking by and like pointing in at him while the alarm is going off from our other kid. The the, the one in the stroller was probably crying, and um, just thinking at the time, <laughs> this is this. It was like when a is kid, my life. It's like when a kid gets trapped in a claw machine, and <laughs> holiday crowds were gathering outside, looking in the window, ooing and eyeing at the lifelike display oh my that gosh. the Gap put on. That that uh, security tag, do they still have those? Because oh, yeah. I, I, when I lived in New York, you may have known me at the time, I bought a pair of pants at The Gap. And, and somehow they sold it to me and sent me out of the store with the security tag on. Oh, it didn't right. set off any alarm. And I had a pair of pants. You couldn't, you couldn't get that tag off. There was no, there was no. That you have to bring it to the store. No, they still use those because I remember when I was a. I think I may have told this story when I was a junior or senior in high school, and went to an awards, a basketball awards banquet in Springfield. Travis Best, who was a great basketball player at Springfield Central High School, he and I gra- both graduated high school in 1991. He went on to play at Georgia Tech and then the NBA for a bunch of years. Anyway, he and I were both. Um, I think maybe getting honored at this thing or whatever, and I had a dress on, and I remember my mom brought me, and we parked in the parking garage, and as we're walking towards the elevator or stairs of the parking garage, my mom just goes, oh, no, and in the back of the dress was one of those tags, and there's at that point, there's nothing, nothing you can do. You can't get it off. Everybody's going to see it. You just got to roll with it, but yeah, they certainly do. They, 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 they still have those. Do they have, or at least shop. I had this paranoia that they had, like the blue dye that, that if you were to break it open with the pliers or something, you would be sprayed like a bank yeah, robber with the blue dye? Yeah, I think that's BS, um, but it is impossible to get those things off unless you get them off at the store, although I do... Another time, I bought a dress. Was, was, it was like a fancy dress at Nordstrom, and somehow um, the tag was still on it. And I brought it back to the store, and then, of course, it makes the alarm go off again right. when you go back in. But um, They think you're trying to smuggle merchandise into the store. <laughs> right. Reverse shoplifting. And when they took it off, a, a store, they said if I had called them, like because especially if people buy things and they're about to go to an event, they would. they said they would have sent somebody to where I was with the machine or whatever. Well, Nordstrom to would take have. take it off. But, Nordstrom but would that have. First dress not that, the Nordstrom rack, but right. Nordstrom would have. And, and and certainly not with that first dress that you bought, 
which was from no, uh, like JC Penny or something like that. Gap for space eaters. <laughs> or a gap for space eaters. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we're on borrowed time. Shall we get to viewer mail? We're always on. Isn't life just borrowed time? But yes, we well, should get to viewer if mail. If you're updating your obituary on an hourly basis, it certainly feels that way. <laughs> That's right. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. This viewer mail comes into ballandshadepod at gmail.com. He writes, Rebecca and Steve, this evening I was in a stop and shop in between my day job, professor at UConn, and picking up my kids at school in Uncasville, and I saw and picked up a stop and shop peppercorn ranch solely based upon a recent podcast because it amused me. Now, we've talked about the stop and shop peppercorn ranch before. Yes. Uh, you, you sent had, me off you on a fruitless dif- chase. You had difficulty yeah. finding it, right? Then, seconds later, I saw Marty cruising by the stop and shop robot. Here's the photo convergence of Marty and peppercorn ranch. Uh, signed Brit, and here's a photo. You, you should post this to the uh, Ball and Chain. Po- it's 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 not only is it pepper. It's Stop and Shop brand Peppercorn Ranch uh, that that I found didn't exist when you sent me to get it. And and sort of uh, hovering over its shoulder is is Marty the the Stop and Shop robot. Though this Marty doesn't have the googly eyes. It has kind of uh, uh, blue robotic eyes that look more of Star Wars or so. Um, oh, really? I wonder yeah, if that would be okay with our daughter. Yeah, definitely send me the picture. I'll I post it. I've, I was better last week. I posted a picture on our Instagram account, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast. I po- posted a picture of the bird that was in the house. I posted a picture of the horizontal stoplights and the Happy New Year's card. So um, at least we'll know we'll have one new photo this week. It'll be of the googly eyeless Marty roaming the aisles of food stuff while... Um, stopping near the peppercorn ranch. It looks ranch. like a picture from from the first presidential debates when when uh, Trump was hovering over the shoulder of of Hillary, and uh, you have this robot hovering over the shoulder of this peppercorn ranch. The f- the photographic composition by Brad is, is outstanding. Great. So I'll also l- put in a picture of our our Marty that I have to show what it looks like when it has the okay. googly eyes. Um, we've got I was at the grocery today, by the way, just to throw this in, oh, you are, and, yeah. and they're still um, talking about. Uh, his upcoming birthday party, Marty's. Just I, so I don't so imagine know. they are, other than having signage, right? No, they're over the intercom. Oh, they are okay. in, inside the I'm store. Sure the when I was checking out, that. they 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 were announcing the birthday party for Marty. Roger writes. I remember growing up in Connecticut. Some stories about how certain parts of Southie, the Irish section of Boston, used to have problems with traffic lights getting busted by the Irish residents because the green Irish light was on the bottom and the red British redcoat light was on top. I don't know if those were urban legends or not, and I couldn't find anything online to either disprove or prove the story about Boston, but this this does give it some credence at last. At least we're getting a, a viewer mail about stoplights, and is the red always on the top? Are they always vertical, horizontal? Some people have never seen the horizontal. Some people are well, shocked they, that... If they go to our Instagram, they'll see the horizontal okay. ones. Well, uh, writes Roger, in Syracuse, New York, uh, home of the Orange Men, if you know the history of green and orange, you might find this particularly ironic, there is actually a traffic light with a green light on top for that very reason. While the light is now an anomaly and is kept that way more out of tradition than being broken, I just thought that you should know there are vertical, horizontal, and at least at one intersection in New York, an upside-down traffic light. I could find no records of... If there are more, less, or equal numbers of traffic accidents at this intersection or about the insurance rates of people who live in the area, surely if a talented dog were to drive through that intersection. I was just going to say the exact same thing. Like, would would a talented dog get in an accident at that intersection? Uh, P.S. Right. This is from Roger, your waving cyclist friend from Denver. 
P.S. Rebecca, the jungle at Yukon in the late 70s. Describe the jungle. What is the jungle? It's the dungle, jungle was a set of dorms that um, freshmen in particular stayed in that was known for their heavy, heavy partying. Okay. My, my father was in the jungle his semester at Yukon. Didn't they ask, didn't they, after that semester, didn't Yukon ask your father to swing on his vine out of the jungle I and, and onto did. another college campus? They did, yes. Uh, P.S. Rebecca, the jungle at Yukon in the late 70s was known to have bats flying around in hallways and lounges, not just birds. Hopefully you never ran into any when you went there, but it could be very entertaining when one started flying up and down a hallway. Did you ever experience that? No, but I never, um, I never found myself in the jungle. Not even as a, as a visitor? No. I, I, I stayed away from the jungle. <laughs> Colleen in uh, Del Rio, Texas, on the border, sends us a photograph. Imagine my confusion when the existence of horizontal traffic lights came up. This is typical all over Texas, and she um, has a spectacular photo of horizontal traffic lights in, in Del Rio, Texas. Oh, well, perfect. I'll post that one, too. So it's um, not just Miami and in my memory, Arizona, in Texas as well. And uh, this comes from, I'm pronouncing this wrong, Sawarita, S-A-H-U-A-R-I-T-A, Sawarita? Sawarita. Arizona. Uh, this is from... Uh, oh, I thought that was the person, Sawarita. No, no, she is, her, her name is M-I-S-I-A, I'll let you... M-I-S-I-A? Mysia? Mysia? I don't know. But it's lovely either it's way. It's a lovely name of both hers and the, and the towns. Um, good morning. I've been a listener for the past year and enjoy listening to the podcast on my Sunday morning walk. I've always been a big basketball fan of Rebecca on the court and now of her calling games and enjoy Steve's books. Any swag sent my way would be great. P.S. In my southern Arizona town, the lights are not sideways and I put honey in my tea. Oh, that is one place I, I put I use honey. I, I like honey a lot if I have In, in Sorita, Arizona? Um, yes, or anywhere, actually. I like honey in my tea no matter where I am drinking it. That's something that uh, singers do, right? Don't they drink honey-infused tea? I don't know. You've but never, it is. I think it is good you, for you. You don't throat. know if they do or you don't know any singers? A little of both. Well, thank you, Mizia. Mycia. Mycia. Mizia? I please, don't know. Please correct us on this. I, I mean, know. Let this us is, this send is us awful. a pronunciation guide. And uh, thank you for listening. Um, honey... Is the um, is the header on this next email from June? Okay. And uh, is she is being it from overly the month familiar? Or, the, or the woman? The month or the woman? June. It's it's from January. From June. From June. Got Not it. Not January Jones. Got it. Because January could also be the name of a person. Right. But this is from a person named June. It could also be a man because June Jones. It could be the last name of a person, too. Since we were just in Arizona, a, a member of the Phoenix Mercury is Brian January. Well, anyway, this is from June. This is from, from June, writing in January. Mm-hmm. Rebecca and Steve, I know this is a little late. However, first of all, the header is honey. So I didn't know if this was like uh, a, a waitress that calls you. Yes. Right. It's not, as it turns out. Rebecca and Steve, I know this is a little late. However, I did want to add to the list of things people put honey on. I love honey on an English muffin, as well as a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Mm. Maybe that is a Southern thing, she writes. Keep up the good work. You guys continue to make me laugh. June. Peanut butter and honey. My mom used to make us a treat sometimes where she would um, she would cut a banana in half, but lengthwise. So you had two long halves of a banana, and she'd put some peanut butter on it. So I think sometimes she would sprinkle a little honey, She'd put a little, and then she'd put little uh, sprinkles of coconut on too, and it was quite delicious. So uh, peanut butter and honey sandwich sounds yummy. Maybe throw some banana in there. Uh, I think we mentioned last week that um, Ralph and Marilyn said that Beth Moens and, 
and Stewie, Brianna Stewart, were graduates of the same Cicero High School. Cicero North High School. Mm-hmm. Well, Ralph adds, hello, Restiva. I'm honored that one of my emails was read prior to the formal opening of viewer mail. Illustrious grads of Cicero North Syracuse High School, Beth Mullins, Brianna Stewart, Richard Gear. Really? I did not know that. Of Pretty Woman and an Officer and a Gentleman fame. I never saw an Officer and a Gentleman, but I did see Pretty Woman. That was Richard Gere, right? And all of those? And because this is, again, Syracuse sort of centered, mm-hmm. Ralph writes, one of the first times I visited my friend in Syracuse, I found out about a traffic light in an Irish neighborhood that likely still has the green signal on top. This is the second viewer. I mean, the this viewer is, mail is, is the fount of all knowledge. This isn't the same person who wrote in about This is a completely the... different person. Oh, it's interesting. All right. And finally, uh, Deb writes, and she sends a picture of um, of a variety of of farm animals here. So let's okay, see what this, is about. this one's not entitled "Honey," is it? <laughs> uh, sadly, well, I, one of these animals may be named Honey. Okay, I've certainly never called any of them Honey. I was watching The Office, and somebody on the show said they didn't have the lung capacity to blow a whistle, so they couldn't be a PE teacher. Now, while that is a funny line, it reminded me of the whistle conversation last year, or the year before, or maybe even the year before that. It couldn't have been the year before that, because I don't think we've been doing this. Have we been doing this for three years? No, two. Okay. And a half. Uh, You were talking about whistles at basketball tournaments, and it being hard to differentiate what whistle was being blown for what court when the courts were very close together. We have talked about that, yes. Rebecca wondered if whistles could be made that had different tones, if tone is the right word. I think you said you had a whistle guy. Did you ever look into the whistle issue? By the way, writes Deb, it's fun to say whistle issue and talk like Gopher on Winnie the Pooh who had a whistle in his voice. Try it now. Go ahead. Whistle issue. Whistle issue. Whistle issue. Whistle issue. That'd be an interesting one one word, whistle issue. But more importantly. Let's define, let's make a definition for a brand new word. The brand new word is whistle issue. What would the definition be? Of whistle issue? Yeah. I think this is the definition. No, when, I'm saying if we if we turn that into a word, its own word, whistle issue. Yes. What would it be? What would the definition be? The definition would be the discordant. Like a, a, hmm? The definition would be the, the uh, inability to distinguish between whistles blown no, on adjacent basketball courts. I get courts. that. That's if whistle issue is two words. I'm saying let's mush it oh, together, spell it something. Oh, a German compound yeah, word? Yeah, whistle issue, like... Um, like flatulence and old age, or I don't know, whistle I think, issue. I think you've just defined it. Okay. <laughs> and, it's, and what a pleasant definition. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it really is. So I think, I think, I think you've, you've, uh, you've just written the first line of my obituary. <laughs> he leaves his family Not Steve Russian, whistle issue. <laughs> long, uh, long suffering, long time sufferer of whistle issue. <laughs> With an umlaut over the first eye. Right, exactly. No, we never solved it. Didn't, didn't, wasn't there somebody in somebody, Cincinnati that was, was supposed it, or, to be? Or, or oh. possibly, was it even, was it even, um, was it our, our monocle, monocle dealer? dealer? Yeah, I think he Dr. had Dr. George, I think. With, yeah. um, he had, with the company that makes whistles and he was going to figure that out for us. Well. That's how I remember it. That, I think he actually sent us the email for us to figure it out, but, uh. So, so why, why, I'm wondering, the full page photo of, of these farm animals. Uh, that's a good question. There's more. Okay. Also, writes Deb, do you have a resident goat expert? <laughs> well, you know what? With our demographic of listeners, we actually might. We might, but I don't think we have an official I, one. I don't think we have an official one. We have we have a goat, of course. We are our kids. That, pre- that would be you. Our ki- oh, thank you. Our kids' preschool teacher, who was also my preschool teacher. Um, she had goat issues. She had, she, she had goats. Anyway, 
We don't have a uh, we don't have a resident goat expert. We do now. Okay. If not, I would like to submit my application. Writes Deb. I'm enclosing pictures of said goats. Their names are Sven, Oli, Knut, and Bjorn. We're in Minnesota, <laughs> after all. Signed, Deb from Minnesota, aka Barb on Twitter. P.S. I forgot to mention the bacon. I heard that you make bacon and keep it in the fridge so it can be heated up quickly. Will you adopt me? We'll work for bacon. We actually keep bacon in the fridge so it can be eaten cold because we don't have the time to no, heat up bacon. I always heat up the bacon, and I try to hide it from you, the person who eats it cold. She can heat up the bacon, fry it up in a pan. You better believe it. <laughs> Do we have any more viewer mail? Well, Because we, if we don't... I want to throw in, for the people who will actually be listening to this podcast when it's out on Wednesday or maybe the next day, Thursday, Thursday night, January, what would that be, 3rd? Thursday January, night? Is Thursday, January 23rd? January 3rd was... 23rd. Like, oh, so is Thursday January 23rd, 23rd is my brother Jim's birthday. Happy birthday to Jim. But it's also UConn Place, Tennessee, Thursday night that's, on that's, ESPN. Yeah, that's, that's the 23rd. It's the first time since um, 2007 that uh, UConn has played Tennessee. So, um, do you think this podcast may have been better served by a discussion of the UConn Tennessee rivalry, your role in it, the whole fascinating no, history of that, or or our discussion of foodstuffs and stocking feet? I think you can get um, a history of the UConn Tennessee rivalry on ESPN.com or a variety of places. The only place you can get a conversation of foodstuffs and um, whistle issues is here. Yeah, I think I think um, if you didn't tune in this podcast, you don't tune into it, I guess. You you would have no way of knowing what the definition of monies was without right. having to google it. Right. So anyway, folks, tune in, watch it um it could be a really interesting game. Tennessee uh, is ranked I think 21st, 22nd, UConn's ranked 3rd and um but I think it's going to be a really good game. With that said, with that let's said. have our house band. Let's, let's thank producer Denny Gallagher. Thank he's probably, you, producer Denny Gallagher. He's probably composing a curiosity shop as we speak, but but we're recording this earlier than usual. We are. And so we, we will have to table those questions for next week. We will table those questions. And uh, in the meantime... And, and, and I'm also beginning to question these tables. In the meantime, Tom, Dick, Hari. Please put play us out. Play Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and ambiguous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.